Welcome again lads and lassies, good to have you with us and I want to give a big shout out to all the people from all over Cork. Uh, praise God we're reaching people around the world that we know but it's great to welcome people from our own city and county. So welcome to everyone who's watching from the north side, the south side, from Bandon, from Kinsale, from Middleton, from Moy, from Mallow and all the surrounding areas. It is really great to have you join us today. So I'm going to be speaking today, as you can see, about what I think is a very topical issue and it's called healing from a distance. And why am I speaking about this? I'm going to dive straight in. This is part one, by the way, and part two is going to be uploaded on Tuesday at 12 noon on YouTube and on our podcast on the website. But today is part one, and I'm talking about healing from a distance because as a church that is spirit-filled, we all believe in what the Bible says, which is, for example, James says, is any among you sick? Let him call on the elders or pastors of the church to pray with them, anoint them with oil, pray the prayer of faith, and they will be well. So what does that involve? Touch. It involves touch. So what do you and I do and how do we pray for healing when we're in a time where there is absolutely no touch whatsoever? Can Jesus heal at a distance? Can he heal you? Can he heal someone you care about and you love? Well, let's have a look at the scriptures and we'll pray uh, as we come towards the close of this. So, I'm going to uh, just look today at the scriptures, but I want to do one thing first. About a month ago, maybe it was myself, but when I was walking and praying, I kept kind of getting this vague image of a window being opened. And I saw different people in the church opening a window, just like the one on the screen pushing open two windows and looking out at the view. And I sense, and I believe it is the Holy Spirit saying, we, you and I, are looking out at a whole new world. We have never viewed life the way we are currently viewing life. I never thought I would see the day when all the pubs in Ireland would be closed. Never thought I'd see that day. Never thought I'd see the day that people would be afraid to go near each other. And so on and so forth. So the coronavirus issue is causing all of us to look at life in a different way. And in the way that you and I and everyone in the world relied on medicine if we got sick. So up to now we said, if I get sick, I can go to the hospital, I can go to the doctor, I can get some medication. You know what? There is no medication right now for coronavirus. So we're in a whole new world and there isn't any medicine to heal. So it's almost like we're going back to New Testament times. Because when Jesus walked in Palestine or Israel, there was very little uh, medicine available, so people looked for healing. So we're in a whole new world, but let me just give a bit of context. It's new for us, but it is, is it new in time? Well, we read in Ecclesiastes 1.9, what has been will be again, what has been done before will be done again, there is nothing new under the sun. If you are worried about getting coronavirus and you're in Cork, one of the main places that you'll go to is called St. Mary's Hospital in Gronabraher here in the city. 
It was built in the 1940s as a sanatorium for people with tuberculosis, TB. And they would go up there because the air was at its freshest up there. And people would be isolated for up to two years. Almost every family in Ireland had someone who got TB, usually young men and women. And they had to go up there and they isolated up there. Isn't it ironic that the main centre now to be tested for coronavirus, which means isolation, is that very same place? It's like we read earlier on, um, there's nothing new under the sun. And if you go back in time, you can see the Spanish influenza and people isolated. And you can see typhoid epidemics in Ireland and all over the world where people isolated. And you go right back to the Black Death and so on. Even go back to the scripture, you can see quarantines put in place. It's new for you and me, but it's actually not new because it has happened before. So that's by way of context. Let me tell you another. I find it a fascinating context. How many times have you washed your hands? Maybe at the start when you were uh, watching and you might have heard the dryer going there, someone in the loo washing their hands and drying. I personally have never washed my hands so much as I have these last few weeks. We're all washing our hands all the time. Well, if you know me going back over the decades, you know I'm always on about this point. Look at this from Exodus 30, 21. They must wash their hands so that they will not die. And this is God to his people back then, the Jews, and he was insisting that they wash their hands. And this was Jewish law. So you have all these people constantly washing their hands, but they didn't know why they were doing it. They had no idea. All the other people around the world and all the other nations were laughing at them. They're crazy. What are they doing washing their hands? But they were doing it by faith. Why? Because God said it. They didn't know anything about viruses or germs. They just knew the God they trusted had said to them, wash your hands. So God was protecting his people. There's a very good book I read years ago called None of These Diseases, which is all about how God protected people uh, if they lived by God's ways. Everything from syphilis and gonorrhea right across to gastric bugs, God's people were protected if they lived his way. So if you think washing hands is kind of a new thing, you go back thousands of years and God kept saying to his people, Wash your hands. Just think of your life in a broader sense. There's so much happening where God has asked us through the Bible, through his word, to not do stuff and to do stuff. Why? Because it's for our own good. And that's what he's doing. Look at it even carried into the New Testament. Mark, uh, in explaining how Jews live their lives, Mark 7, 3. The Jews never eat unless they first wash their hands, just like their forefathers did. So at the time of Jesus, they're washing their hands, washing their hands, washing their hands. Like you today, like me today, we're all washing our hands. Well, God had the washing of hands ever before medicine or science had anything about washing hands. So this is the context of the God we serve. And can I say that the same God that asked his people to wash their hands is the same God who will bring healing to us today. Because this is the heart of the God of the Bible and we see it continuously. So I'm going to talk today about healing from a distance. I'm going to look at the first part today 
Um, if you really want to get the full benefit of uh, the preaching today, you really need to read Luke 7 yourself and read it and take a bit of time and maybe take a few notes if you're that way inclined. It can really help you. But I'm going to read the first six verses. We're looking at the life of Jesus Christ right on the Mediterranean coast. And I pray, Lord, your word would instruct us, comfort us, challenge us, and lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. Here it is up on the screen in an abridged form. When Jesus was in Capernaum, a centurion servant who was loved by his master was sick and dying. The centurion heard about Jesus, and so he sent some Jews asking him to come and heal his servant. This man deserves this, they said, because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. So, therefore, Jesus went with them on the road. So here we see Jesus in a town called Capernaum, which is right on the Mediterranean coast, right up in the very north of Israel today. And even though Jesus had come from Nazareth, remember we're told there was very few healings in Nazareth. Listen to us. Why? Because the people didn't have much faith there. People don't have the faith. Jesus moves on. But over here, people had faith. And we're going to read about someone who had incredible faith. And this is really strange because we're told straight away that this Roman centurion, he's like a captain in the army, had a servant who was loved by him, by his master, and this guy was sick and dying. Now, what does it mean he was loved by his master? It means he respected him and he cared about him. So he was loved by his master, and his master was, remember, Roman. So he's the occupying power, he's the invader. So all of society was against these two guys, um, having a respect and a, and a wholesome love for one another. And yet it happened. They were different races, they had a different faith, they would have come from very different aspects of society back then. And yet, when he was sick, his master, the centurion, loved him. So obviously, the centurion is very concerned. Imagine if someone in your household gets coronavirus, and we know that there's no real cure, not now anyway. H how would you feel? Someone that you love and care about gets sick from it. And, as we hear, maybe even die from it. What do we do? I think we have a lot to learn from what happened here. So the situation is fairly desperate. What I find fascinating is that this Roman centurion is one of a whole band of centurions. They had a hundred men under them. Remember when Jesus was on the cross dying and the centurion there said, Surely this man is the Son of God. Or we read of another centurion called Cornelius in Acts 10 and it transformed everything because Peter went into his house and transformed the culture of the early Christian church. Well, here we have another guy, but obviously he came from Rome. He would probably have come from a background worshipping different idols or pagan gods. However, he had heard, we're told, in verse 3, of Jesus or about Jesus. And so he sent word to ask if Jesus would come and heal his servant. 
How many people through you have heard of Jesus or through me? They might know Jesus, but they know someone who knows him. And so he went to the Jewish elders in the town and he asked them to go to Jesus. He knew they were connected in with God in a way he wasn't connected in. Brothers, sisters, you and I are living in an era that will be more open than ever before because people are afraid and people are anxious and worried. More than ever, people are facing the reality. Up to now, we've been covered in cotton wool. Ah, the doctors will look after it or I have money in the bank. No, we don't know. But if you know about Jesus, you can go to him. He didn't know Jesus, but he asked some people to go to Jesus. And Jesus had come ministering here. And look what they say. This man deserves this as he loves us. And he's built our synagogue. Now, the synagogue is like a Jewish church building. That's what that was. So this guy gives his money for a faith he didn't come from. But look at the first part. I'm fascinated by this. They said, he loves us. How, how do you know if someone loves you? <laughs> you pick up the vibe. You get the attitude. There's a kindness. There's a focus on the other. And there are practical ways that he was showing it. So this guy is really someone who has gone out of his way and has shown deep kindness for the Jews that he was serving or that he was over. Now, he didn't go to his superior and go, I really want to go to Capernaum. That's where I want to serve as a centurion. No, he was sent there. But having found himself there, having found himself in these circumstances, he then begins to respond. And he sees that these Jews, they were the Old Testament um, people of God, he sees that they've got a faith that is really interesting. And so he begins to get involved, but not as a Jew, just as someone from the outside. Now, does this mean that because he did these good works, he deserved healing more than anyone else? Which is really another way of asking the question, does God have favourites? No, he doesn't. However, just consider this. If this centurion was self-centred, if he was cruel, or if he was just indifferent about everyone else, do you think these Jewish elders would have gone to Jesus? I don't think so. So if your life is indifferent to other people, and you just focus in on yourself, if you get sick, will there be a lot of people praying for you? It's, a, it's a, an interesting question. But what we see here is that people who through their kindness, through helping others, many people then are concerned when they're sick or upset. And so they will then go to Jesus. So what we're looking at here is if you are someone who shows kindness, who's active, who's helping other people, lots of Christians will probably pray for you. And so Jesus responds to the prayer of his people. And that's the principle that we can see here. God hears the prayers of his people. So they came and they asked Jesus, would you come? And we're told then in verse 6, so Jesus went with them on the road to the centurion's house. He went with them on the road. He started on the journey. Just pause there for a second. Jesus is making a decision to go to these guys' house. Now remember, it's because 
the Jews of Capernaum came and, if you will, asked Jesus, would he help? Remember the guy who was paralyzed and his friends were carrying him on a stretcher so Jesus would heal him? They couldn't get into the house, it was so crowded. What did they do? We're told that they brought him up to the top of the roof, dug a hole and lowered him down. Do you think they'd do that if this guy was indifferent and selfish to others? I don't think so. So it was because there was something going on with this guy that they went the extra mile to help him. It's not that he was a favourite of Jesus, it's that the others were going and pleading for Jesus to help them. What about Dorcas or Tabitha in the book of Acts who got sick and died? And we're told that the people from the church there went to Peter and begged him to come back to the house. And when Peter came back into the house, all of the women in the church, like we have a craft group here in the church, and they make all different things. Denise is active in it, my wife. But they showed Peter the physical clothing that she had been making for them. She was a woman known for her acts of kindness and a good heart. And so the whole church was concerned about her and were pleading with Peter to pray because she was dead. And Peter prayed and hallelujah, she was risen and rose up from the dead. God heard her prayer. So it's the same principle. So because this guy had a lot of people who loved him, who recognized he was sincere and he wanted to help, because of that, they know went to Jesus and so what we see here guys is Jesus is on the way and I want to pause there for one second before I come to the final bit for this section and that is I speak prophetically whether you're here in Cork or you're anywhere in the world if you're praying it's happened maybe you're like this the centurion servant is still sick but Jesus is on the way the centurion himself is anxious and concerned. There's no change in the physical circumstances right now, but Jesus is on the way. And Jesus is on the way if you're praying. Remember, it was very confused because if Jesus had gone into the centurion's home, he would have been unclean. So it wasn't God's will, but it was never a law from God but Jewish tradition had that you never went in to the home of a Gentile, a non-Jew. If you did, their home was unclean. You would be seen as unclean. Jesus would have been excluded from the synagogues, from the temple. And as well as that, this was the enemy, the Roman invader. The situation was so complex. And I've known all through the decades, people who pray for healing, they always have a doubt and they go, yeah, but I committed a sin there, or I should have done that and I didn't do it. There are always complications. Jesus isn't interested in the complications. Amen. He's interested in the human being Amen. who is sick. Amen. Don't let the complications that the enemy will put in your head if you're praying to stop you. How about just trusting in the goodness of Jesus? So Jesus is on the way. He's on the way for you today. Let me look at one more thing. Because we're a church that believes in the laying on of hands, it's all over the Bible, and the anointing of oil, can God heal without it? Look at Acts 5.15. We're told in the early Christian church, it was so difficult with all the crowds to get in to the Christians gathering, that people would put the sick people simply out on the street. And when Peter, or Peter and John, would pass by, we're told their shadow fell on the sick, and the sick were healed. Mm -hmm. 
Now, we might never have an awful lot of sun in Ireland, but we have enough of it for all of us to know that if I walk in the sun and I have a shadow, it's got to be at least two metres away. So we've got social distancing going on, but we've got healing going on. Hallelujah. It's unusual, but it happened. Or how about, I'm calling it handkerchiefs, pieces of cloth. Because Paul, the great apostle, was known to have the power of God in his life, people would just get a piece of cloth and touch, put it near him, maybe not even touch him if you look into the original Greek, or take an item of clothing and then bring that back. And remember, travel was slow, so there was no germs on anything. And when they would touch the sick person with the piece of cloth, they would be healed. Again, there was no laying on of hands. I'm trying to get you to doctrinally be prepared. If no one can call to your house, if you can't call the elders of the church to anoint you with oil, while that is the regular way of healing, or the normative, here are ways that are not normative. But yet, when in exceptional circumstances, Jesus will still heal. And we'll see it here, and there's no touch. Michael, two weeks ago, touched on how Jesus healed ten lepers. And what did he do with the ten lepers? He called out the healing to them, and he called it out across the way, and he never actually touched them, and they were healed. And then finally, the Canaanite woman, her daughter um, was ill mentally or, or with a demon, and she begged Jesus that her daughter would be healed. And if you read the account in Matthew 15, Jesus said, no, um, you don't take the children's bread and give it to the dogs, because she was from a race that weren't meant to know salvation at that time. But she invaded that time, and she said to Jesus straight away, she says, yes, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And Jesus was impressed with her faith and he healed her daughter. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, we have healing all over the Bible without any touch. Next Tuesday at 12 noon, I'm going to post up the second part of this study. We've got to keep the studies a little bit shorter because of YouTube and social media and so on. But that's going to be posted on Grace Church Cork on YouTube. But you know, as I conclude today, I just want to go back and just remind you as the, of this as I close. He's still sick, but Jesus is on the way. And that's what I'm going to pray for today. We're going to, going to get Michael to sing a song called Waymaker, because he's the one on the way. And when Michael has finished the song, I'm going to pray for everyone who's praying for a situation. Maybe it's corona-related, maybe not. And you don't see a difference. We're going to pray that you will have the faith to wait until Jesus gets to your house, because he's coming. Michael, will you come and play?
Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, healing every every couple we pray now oh God that for the prayers that are going up to your throne that you oh God would come and move and hear our prayers even as you heard the prayers of these guys who came and asked you to come and bring healing to come and make a change so we pray now Lord into every situation for everyone who is sincerely praying now don't stop be the light in the darkness. Be the miracle worker. Be the promise keeper. Because you have promised us, oh God, that you are the one. You are the one for your people. Just like in the book of Exodus, where the angel of death passed over the house, where the blood was on the door. And we pray the angel of death would pass over every home 
that has been lifted up before you know. Physical death, spiritual death, mental death or emotional death. We pray it would not visit our homes. We pray it now in Jesus' name. And those listening in, watching in, and those in this place together, let's say a big loud amen at the count of three. One, two, three. Amen. 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 19. We want to give you a couple of last notices before we finish up. Like I said, don't forget we're going to be tuning in here again um, every Sunday for the foreseeable future until the government tells us not to. We're going to be tuning in on Instagram, Grace underscore Church. Uh, you can see us there. You can see us on Facebook Live. You're probably tuned in to that even now. And don't forget you can do a catch up every week on YouTube. We're going to be putting up this service later today. It's also going to be up on podcasts. And tune in at 12 o'clock on Tuesday, 12 o'clock noon, when part two of Healing from a Distance will be up there and we'll give you some more notifications. We don't want to be in your face about this, but the truth of it is, this church is a charity like all the other charities out there. And if you want to continue to support the work, you can do so by going on to your phone, even now and going to give to graceireland.ie and you can give a donation if you want to give via debit or credit card you can also go on to our website if you go on to our website and follow the donate button follow click it it'll take it to our donations page and then you'll be able to scroll down to where you can give via debit or credit card and as ever we deeply appreciate the support that you're giving us the running the church simply isn't possible though some of the expenses have gone down there is other expenses that are on the go and as ever we say to you if you want to be blessed give to the work of the kingdom of God. I think we're nearly there. We have, have I forgotten anything? Tom is going to come back in. Just to say as well that uh, Tribe Youth Church, or Teenage Church here, are going to be broadcasting live at half one. Um, they're going to do it on uh, Instagram and I think TikTok or something like that. If it's not live, they'll post it up there. So that's happening as well. And also, uh, just to say, Denise and myself are having our wedding anniversary. And someone had said earlier, did you know it's Mother's Day today? And I have to say this, my wife is not my mother. That's been the curse of Ireland. A lot of husbands see their wives as their mothers. We're all for mothers, but lads, if you're married and somehow your wife is your mammy, Mm -mm. She's not your mammy, she's your wife, whole different thing. So if, you're, if any husbands are going to their wives with gifts today because it's Mother's Day, leave it to the kids. Your wife is not your mammy. Anyone say amen? amen. Do you want to say something? Okay, so I think that's us done for the live. We'd love to be longer. There's loads we could do. Just to say as I close, a couple of the guys in church are setting up uh, social media uh, groups like through Skype and Google Hangout and Zoom and so on. We let you more know more about it as time goes on. So we're still learning our way through this. But we really want to thank you for tuning in and taking the time. We have to be very intentional about spending time together in a crisis like this. So let's use technology to our advantage. So I'm going to pray as we close can you just join me in prayer wherever you are? I'm going to pray the ancient prayer from the book of Numbers that has been prayed for thousands of years. With a fresh impetus, let's pray for the week ahead, for you and for your family. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen.
God bless you lads. Slán go fall. And don't forget, tune in next Sunday when the clocks go forward. So it's kind of 11, but it's 12. So don't forget the clock change Sunday. God bless you guys. Amen.